gaze, it is your host, Kate Tokes, here with you to talk about all things cannabis, LGBTQ, and mental health related. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Do Be Gay, where I speak with the COO of WeTube, Ariana. She is also an amazing, talented artist and content creator within the cannabis space. Again, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you have a happy Pride Month. Totally. So I've been a lot more open with my cannabis beginnings Um, over the course of the last couple of years. When I first started talking about how I got into cannabis, I was still kind of hush, hush, secret about it. Like I came from Montana and we've had a med program, but we didn't have a rec program. When I was in school, I still felt super like isolated and alone. I knew people that smoked pot, but they did it in more of like a party environment, which was fine, but I was smoking it more creatively to help me get through my homework, to get through school, to just like do life. (laughs) And so um, I've always had that relationship with the plant with like a creative aspect. Um, And I've also always had family members that were running around in in that arena um, of of the black market up here in Montana. And so I had been exposed to plant medicine before. I had kind of seen how it had been integrated into my family members' lives. And um, so when I started consuming, I really was doing it out of a place of creativity. And that's when I started seeing all these videos on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, What year was it? 2018 was like the main year that I started looking at content online to try to find other creators and people that I could sesh with because I, I started getting a really big tolerance. And that's not something that a lot of people that I had in my circles (laughs) (laughs) understood there were like girl 30 bong rips and I'm like I know and I was ignorant at the time so obviously not healthy I consume edibles and like find other ways to get higher dosages but at the time it just I was sick of being judged (laughs) yeah yeah so I found people online and I was like oh my god there is a whole world in these legal states of content creators of just creative people in general talking about the plant using the plant creating content with it because I was like I love taking pictures of cannabis and everything but I was like where am I supposed to put this and how am I not supposed to feel weird about it so that kind of opened up that world and that was the same year that people were starting to get deleted so it was weird I knew of weedtubers I knew that life on YouTube I knew a lot of people were like doing that and not having an issue um and then I started slow like seeing the, everyone get deleted and I was like whoa what is going on do you think that had to do with like, like why that error? Like, why do you know why like that that's a, when they like, that's a good question. Um, I'm not exactly sure why that time YouTube, obviously they have YouTube for kids now. So they kind of started shifting into that area of like separating out mm-hmm. the content a little bit more, but at the time, I don't think that they had a plan for separating that yet. And so it was more of just block delete this was also the same time that they were deleting a lot of LGBTQ content creators on YouTube as I well. I have no idea about, it. there was a lot because when I was watching YouTube, I remember like nine, like many of the creators I watched definitely, I mean, they might've not said it. This is an assumption, but a lot of them I felt like were a part of the community. Totally. Well, and I feel like they weren't even targeted as much. It's really the people that were directly gay online. Like Aaron's page, he was the gay stoner. 
Um, there's a lot of other pages too that are like sex positive pages that like, you know, talk about like the liveless style, the livelihood, um, all that kind of stuff. And they were also removed. And it was also this crossover with cannabis too. So Aaron didn't really know where he fell. He just knew that he was deleted and he was like permanently deleted. And there was still oh, both of those, those categories. So it was probably like also that's some people got their pages back. I will say some people did get their pages back, but you see wow. these influencers out here posting, smoking on YouTube, like that Charlie Jordan girl, whatever. I don't know. She's like 21. She works with traditional LA or whatever that company is. And she has like a podcast where they just get really, or like a video podcast where they get really high on YouTube. And like all these influencers are coming on, taking huge bong rips, like doing the whole thing. They're promoting the products. And I'm like, why is this allowed? Dude, like with our clients too, like I try to, we, we try to say that to them. Like we're even using emojis instead of the word we're we're taking out hashtags because we get shadow banned and they're like well x y and z brand just posted a consumption picture and i'm mm-hmm. like yes x y and z brand has billions of dollars <laughs> yeah they can pay dollars? they can pay them off it all comes at a cost the legal industry just it all that matters is if you have enough money to pay the fines and penalties like mm-hmm. it's not fair it's really not well, fair what's interesting about it too is I feel like people like us um like you know puff creative WeTube. um I remember Aaron actually reached out to us probably like when we started he was just starting WeTube as well and we we're kind of like we got involved at the beginning and it's interesting because I feel like this group of people who like are the OG like people that were involved in the industry like we're not putting up with it and that's why I'm like all about the petition that you all are doing because it's just like a shame because the people who are really pushing for it and have pushed from it from the start are we're just like getting thrown out like oh totally they're getting rid of us they're making our clients think that it's our fault that things are getting taken down and things aren't working It's really hard to be in cannabis media, and it's also really hard to be a cannabis content creator, working with media agencies, working with companies, navigating that balance. That was the number one reason that WeTube was created. It was out of necessity. A lot of these creators that were on YouTube, they were working with brands. They were getting paid. They were getting huge ROIs to, like, these brands and they were being compensated for it. And then they completely lost their channels. They lost these pages. They lost these videos that they had promised brands would be up on their channel forever. Great SEO. Well, well put out through the internet and it all disappeared. And that caused issues with brands working with creators. And then it also caused issues with creators working with brands because the expectations just totally got muddled then. And then you have all these people that are transferring from other industries into cannabis, alcohol, tobacco, whatever else it might be. And they have certain ways that they advertise, that they reach out to creators, that they do these affiliate programs that just don't align with our industry. You know what I mean? Yeah, they don't. And I think, I think also like back in 2018, maybe when all this was happening was when YouTube started adding advertisements um now that I'm thinking about it that probably has a big big thing to do with it because they're not gonna put advertisements over on cannabis content Mm -hmm. even LGBTQ because if you really look at who's backing um you know anti LGBTQ like campaigns those are the guys with the monies and those are the guys that are putting stuff on YouTube and it's just like not to sidebar but do you did you see that truth app do you follow truth app there's 
I don't, I think it was like Donald Trump or like at least the people that worked with him, they started a truth app. I just saw, we've been following Elon obviously pretty closely with the whole Twitter situation. Um, Aaron just made a comment actually in one of the Leafly articles talking like Elon, we don't need you to do much. We just need you to say something. So it starts and sparks this conversation of like, it needs to be fair. It can't be pay to play. Like no, Instagram is huge for like, getting customers, consumers, and then building that community. So we need a better solution. Um, So we are trying to push that, but Elon was tweeting out that the Truth app is currently being downloaded more than even like Twitter and Instagram. And what is is that? Is it like a new social? I think so. I haven't downloaded it yet. I haven't honestly looked into it too much, but it's Trump's social media. So I imagine, like you said, it's like, the whole Twitter is kind of more known for its like left-leaning audience, right? right? And now with Elon kind of taking over and opening up the space for more Mm. conversation, obviously the truth app is just competition for him, but that's kind of why well, why is social media political? Why are we going there? Like (laughs) totally. totally. (laughs) Why are we going there? Because life is political, I think. Like we've gotten to this point where everything is politicized and everything is like on a certain side of an aisle. And you can't just be like organic anymore. Yeah. You can't want certain things. And then was talking to my I was literally talking, sorry. I, I literally was talking to my therapist today, literally. So my parent, my therapist is on the Republican side, like her family is. I don't identify as a political party because I think it's all fucking bullshit. I just, I just, I have my views and it doesn't matter what fucking bubble you put them in. They're my views. And just because I say one, I believe in one thing doesn't mean that I believe in another because it's in the same fucking umbrella. But regardless, um, we were talking, what, what the hell were we just talking about? Um... No, you and your therapist, we were talking about the apps and right, left-wing politics, life. (laughs) Politics, like I was saying, so we were talking about, um, you know, like the don't say gay bill and like all these different things. And fucking Florida. Fucking Florida. There's certain things that I do agree with that maybe like we need to talk through and like come up with appropriate ways to go about situations. Dialogue. We need dialogue on this stuff. We don't have context and that's key. Right. And I, I, I'm not saying let's like tell a second grader about how to have sex. Um, there's a difference between that and like gender identity. And I was saying to her, like, when did my sexual and gender identities become a political conversation? Absolutely. When? And why? Because that like, and, and same thing with even cannabis, like this is medicinal. And like, I understand like certain things fall under policies and politics because it has to be regulated. We need laws behind stuff, but the social and medicinal aspects to certain things shouldn't be a conversation. It should be, I mean, it should be a conversation, but it shouldn't be a debate. Absolutely. I think the key is just finding better ways to educate on these things and then coming in with a plan because at the end of the day, nothing's going to change until there's a better idea. And that's what the problem I always run into is like, there's so much, I'm like, it would be so easy to do this. And I'm like, well, how would you do it? Right. Like, fuck. <laughs> Damn, I need to think about it. Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> so you like, um, back to our conversation about like you jumping in, um, we kind of sidetracked, but I think it's all great. Totally. Um, so like in 2018, you started realizing that you started connecting with people. Um, how did you connect with like Aaron and YouTube? Yeah. So really, once I found out that there was an online community of people talking about this, 
I really just started diving in. I think the biggest way to get integrated into any community you find online that you really like, get to know the people. Like all of these content creators were creating content for a reason. They're not just looking for random people to slide in their DMs and ask them questions. Like they want you to engage with what they're putting out and then like have a real dialogue and conversation with them. And I think that's what made me different. Um, like even people that I'm friends with, you know, like on Instagram, they don't watch my YouTube content. They DM me, ask me questions all the time about posting, about this, about that. No one wants to engage on the level of like, I made a whole YouTube video talking about this and it's like totally fine, but maybe just figure it out first before you're just randomly reaching out. Cause you're, you, you don't look dumb by any means, but you're going to be less likely to get a response. So my, I found that the best way for me to integrate with people was just to get to know them online first. Like there's a reason they're posting this content and there's like a version of themselves that they want you to know this stuff about them. And I think that that was, was a game changer. So I actually was watching all these people online. I moved to Colorado, um, with my boyfriend who was going to graduate school down there. And so I was really excited. I wasn't sure if I was going to get in the cannabis industry, but I was like pretty sure I wanted to at least create content. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of when, you know, the whole deletion thing was happening. You know, I have horrible imposter syndrome and I have throughout everything I've ever done. It kind of happens when you're just, you pick up on things naturally and like medium good at like a lot of stuff. (laughs) So so um, a little bit from everywhere and everything (laughs) exactly exactly so when I saw people were like getting deleted and losing their content and all that kind of stuff I was like "Ooh, do I even dare try or do I just upload to this place where I know I don't have to worry about it and I just did that I just was like you know what fuck it and I just gave all of my efforts energies friendships to this community because this was a platform that was being really supportive of that um and then along the line obviously you know working with so many people in Colorado that fell in the LGBTQ community. It was just, I, like you said, we're just naturally surrounded by those people already. So it doesn't like occur to us because we kind of gravitate towards each other. Um, But working in the cannabis space and then starting to work with Aaron, like I moved to Colorado, not to backtrack, started working with Aaron as like a creative assistant, helping do filming content, setting up spaces, helping clean them up doing the unboxings, like organizing some of that stuff with them because they were doing a lot of that with influencers that they were working with. Um, and yeah, it just was crazy. The fucking homophobia. (laughs) It's like being a gay content creator is not easy. And I started to see that through the eyes of like the lens of Aaron's work. And that's what really opened my eyes to like, our community kind of sucks and we have to work on it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think there is like, it's it's been interesting for me because I have two male straight business partners and um, we have we have members of the LGBTQ community on our team, of course. But when I first jumped into the industry, I was working um, remotely for a manufacturing company out in California, and I was offered the position that um, of a marketing director. And I thought that's what I was getting. Um, have you, uh, John got it, my business partner, and I was an intern and I, I wasn't getting paid. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? And then I How started- the fuck through- did this happen? <laughs> right. But I was like, all right, capitalize on the opportunity. I'm a woman, like I should be grateful, yada, yada. And I wasn't like outwardly, um, you know, I wasn't outward about uh, my sexuality at that point. Most of the time I just kept it to myself, honestly, up until this point. And um, I just remember- like aside from uh you know being like 
homophobic in the industry. Like I noticed like the sexualization of women and, you know, certain things that were said to me in the beginning um, when I was jumping into the industry. And, and thankfully my two business partners are accepting and amazing and great mentors. Um, but then, you know, I was kind of masking my sexuality throughout my time in the industry. So I wasn't really exposed to that. And um, like we were talking about earlier, once I started Juby Gay, which was like, what, like a month ago, um, I started getting people reaching out to me like, hey, there's, you know, like not enough safe places for the LGBTQ community. And during my time with Puff Creative and Cannabis Doing Good and Cannabis Impact Fund, we were helping minorities, but strictly like brown and black uh, women based. And we didn't really touch upon LGBTQ. Um, yeah, shout out Kelly. Yeah, <laughs> shout out. They're fucking, they're amazing. Um, so now that people are reaching out to me and they're like, hey, there's no safe place. I'm like, shit. Like, no, totally. And that's it? why when you, we, we kind of talked before this podcast and we we're like, what are some tips for finding your community? And I think the biggest tip is be authentic because online you're going to attract people that like the content you're creating. So if you're creating and curating content for a group of people that you don't even like, mm -hmm. what are you doing? <laughs> Pretending to be, you know, like I had, not that being queer means that you can't have long hair and dress feminine, but- You don't I, have to be your sexuality either. Right, right, exactly. And I, I wasn't um, being truthful with myself. I mean, if you look back uh, at my history, I asked my mom when I was younger, if I could come, well, I actually cut my own hair. I asked her if I could have a penis. I don't want one now. I, 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 <laughs> that's not in, in my cards, but um, you can- Only if it's strapped on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I don't need to go through all of the, the extra nonsense. Totally, but, totally. Um, you know, finally coming to terms with like um, who I am and embracing it. I just had a conversation with um, Tiffany from Vanguard and uh, we talked a little bit upon that and like she gave a little bit of advice for those in the community like we just have to we just have to speak up and it's uncomfortable and um, you know like Aaron gets a lot of shit and stuff taken down but like props to him for keep pushing and for people like that's what I say I mean you want to talk about censorship his first book that he wrote you know his gay sci-fi that was like he wanted to write a book that he younger him had one of those you know fun romance leave this world kind of world books and the whole sci-fi thing right mm -hmm. and the first editor that he was working with was telling him to that the book would do so much better if the characters weren't gay oh my god i know you're wrong, you're wrong because <laughs> there's so many fucking gay people out there that need that stuff like we oh you know like so I, he fought it he went independent he went yeah. on tiktok he put a rant out he was like the girl wanted me to change it so now i'm doing it all myself y'all buy my book and it it worked and people on tiktok found him found the book and i mean you can read the reviews he's got numerous great reviews of how people are like thank you for writing this book thank you for making something relatable thank you for giving me a world i can like fit myself into while I'm reading right. like it was so cool especially yeah. like growing up actually that's so ironic me and my girlfriend were going through we have a bunch of boxes because her mom moved and we we're going through different like childhood stuff that she has mm -hmm. and some of them were books and we were actually like she was reading the the back covers of some of them and one of them was just like <laughs> 
talking about like teenage girls and like losing weight and like looking pretty and playing the part and then other ones were about like like chasing boys and like all the like you don't find anything that is involved with the lgbtq community like from our childhood it's no or if you do it's like a secondary character that's being kind of like made fun of right right (laughs) on it i actually um my senior project um that i did in college i did it around um uh, gays in the media and i actually um i wish i still had the stats in my head but um i actually pulled up and did a bunch of research on the progression of adding and this was back in i graduated in 2016 um so i'm sure it's progressed and changed but um I did a study on like how we were represented and even if we were represented and it was, mm-hmm. and, and, and then I compared that to um, different generations and our acceptance to the uh, like voting and who voted yeah. to, and then I compared them. Um, and it obviously showed that the younger generations are way more accepting um, and are going to vote. Yes. You know, question. Yeah. Do we thank RuPaul for that? No. <laughs> yeah. Yes, 1000%. I was actually just watching, um, oh my God, me and my girlfriend were, uh, she, she just had like recently come out and, um, you know, started dating me. So she, I'm like kind of bringing her. I see you guys being vocal on the gram. It's awesome. Yeah, we're trying. <laughs> um, but she's like new to the community. So I'm like, let's watch all like the old lesbian movies that I watched when I was like. Fuck yeah, <laughs> blue is the warmest color, baby. Oh my God, she hasn't, we haven't gotten there yet. That's, okay. that's like a whole night, three hour. Like, <laughs> totally. Um, uh, gotta get the bong ready. Um, but we watched, shit. You know that actress from Orange and New Black, raspy voice, curly hair? Yeah, oh, she has a TV show now. Yeah, the cheerleader movie. Did you ever watch that one? Oh, uh, uh, goes uh, what's the, the name of it? The, like, they, ch- like, try to change her and they go to the camp. I have seen that, yeah. RuPaul's in it. RuPaul is in it. And I, we, like, looked and we were like, is that, because he, like, that, I think like, that wait was a second. Cool. Yeah. This is OG shit. What? Yeah, he looks a little bit more, you know, like, on the masculine side and we were like, I had to, like, go to Google. I was like, oh my God, that is RuPaul. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's crazy to see like when we were, we've been going back and watching a bunch of like old movies um, that had those characters in it. And it's interesting to see how they portrayed us um, during the, those times as well. Um, you can tell a lot of white guys, straight white guys were writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen the um, Abercrombie and Fish documentary? Huh? You gotta watch that. Okay, I will. Um, that whole entire brand was just backed by um, gay men <laughs> in the closet. Oh my God, really? If you, if you think about it and all the pictures and all the shirtless men. Um, the branding. Was, yeah, um, there's this, yeah, you got to watch it. It's, it wasn't Hollister too, no? <laughs> um, they mentioned Hollister, but I think, I think it was owned by the same like um, corporate men. Um, okay. We're all secretly fucking gay. I will definitely jump into that. That's a good one. Yeah, and it, it goes into like marketing and shit. So I think you'd be like really interested in it. Um, but yeah, this all kind of plays into also like cannabis because I feel like the way that cannabis is portrayed in media um, is like yeah. super similar. It's yeah. similar and it's also problematic, right? Because we are trying to educate 
but I feel like we haven't been able to even do the research. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, what are you, what do they expect us to do? (laughs) Right. And then even like with, like you were saying how you, you, um, turned to WeTube for, to like create content and to share content. Cause you didn't know. And to learn content. I didn't know what was going on in these other States. Like I've traveled and stuff, but if you're not traveling and you don't know, like I was able to see what was happening in Colorado, California, underground States, like friends that were just kind of doing it in illegal States and still uploading. I was seeing it all. And I was like, Whoa, this is what it looks like. This is how it works. It got me interested enough to like do the research and read the, you know, information of like what's going on in each state and how they differ and how we don't have like a uniform guideline, how the FDA doesn't have any guidelines for like hemp and how it's just a fucking mess. And I was like, Whoa, there's so much more here than just us smoking weed and trying to like make it so everyone can smoke weed. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, and what's, I feel like frustrating about that, I'm sure for you guys, especially is like this, like WeTube, I feel like the cannabis industry knows about it. Um, but it's harder for you guys to market yourself on social media channels to people yeah. who we need to educate outside the industry. It's well, like- it's hard. There's not like clear guidelines on these. If these other platforms were genuinely just deleting everyone, we would be yeah. no brainer, but they're right. not. So it's like, it's still worth the risk because there are these very large audiences across the world on all these other platforms. So I don't blame them either. <laughs> right. And I think like, it's interesting because um like how you mentioned like you've seen like consumption videos on like YouTube like I've seen it on Instagram like I've-, I've been seeing so much on Instagram lately and not not to mention all of like the shroom advertisements for mm-hmm. like cognitive mushrooms but they're advertising it as though you're getting shrooms and shit and I'm like y'all suck that caught <laughs> me I was like sucks. what shrooms <laughs> excuse me listen the marketing works but it's not it just makes us look so much more problematic because we're, it's just like, come on, right. <laughs> we're trying to educate, not manipulate. And, and you know what it is? The ask is there. Um, like people want it legalized. People want to be educated. Like you mentioned people, you know, I don't think I, I create as much content individually. I'm starting to now, obviously, but previously I didn't. Um, but I would, people did know I was in the industry. People did know that I was knowledgeable in it. And I get people asking me all the time. Um, and engaging if I put something on my story and then they, they're engaging with it and they're asking me questions um, or if I'm out with them they're like hey I get paranoid hey this does this to me like um, you know like how how do I navigate through this industry and like my answer is always education like you need to educate yourself and you need to make sure that you're doing it the right way but it's really product education because a lot of it stems down to people have low tolerances, but also our communities, the asks that are being, I guess, prioritized are high THC percentage. What's going to get me the most fucked up? Like yada, yada. I know so many people where, I mean, you know, they'll take like a hit of like something that's 14% and they're high as balls. Like it does not, if it's different across the board for everyone. Like I genuinely don't like smoking anything over 30%. It makes me itchy it makes me feel some type of way. I've had a couple that I've smoked that have not been like crazy THC. Like they've been like 33% or something. And I'm like, there's no way this is 30. I'm like totally fine right now. Yeah. And it's just a matter of like, where are you getting your stuff? How are they doing it? What are they doing? What are they prioritizing? And that's like the big education jump and hurdle I'm having right now, especially in Montana. People do not understand 
understand that it it's hard because they're being educated by butt tenders that are pushing that, but that's also the narrative out online. That's the narrative with the education that's kind of happening with some of these butt tenders. There is no general education of like what you need to know, what you don't need to know. Luckily, a lot of people are educating on Terps and trying to understand that world, but it's like if you've never drank tea or I guess really looked into like herbs or things, you don't realize that those were, I mean, these are all things that have been in play here for the whole time. Right. <laughs> like, this is We're nothing new. Yeah. We're still learning. Yeah. The, the education piece of not being able to do any real studies. I mean, what weed, genuine, genuinely, what weed were they using for these government studies to like test all of these kind of, like, it's got to be the same shit and it's probably not that potent. Right. It's probably like 8% or something stupid. Yeah. And I, this, the, like, I, I've said this in every podcast, like it always comes down to the same conversation. I know we're all having it. It's so annoying. We can no, skip no. right over it. No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying that it's good. Like I, yeah. I want everybody who listens to this, even if it's only like 10 fucking people, like edu- education is important. Microdosing is important. And I'm going to repeat myself in every single one because I think it's important to, um, and yeah. it's important to hear it from multiple different people in and outside the industry. It matters what you put in your body. It matters how you metabolize it. It matters who you are. It matters how you're doing mentally. It matters how you're doing physically. Literally, we put so much worse shit into our bodies. Mm. I'm like, just give it a go. Just take a little two milligrams, see what happens. You won't die. (laughs) Trust me. Like I, I had, um, uh, I was out in the Poconos with like a group of girls and I had some like D8, D10 dabs, um and you know like I had the, the device and they're nervous looking at it and they're like what the fuck are you doing you like this crack pipe yeah it's a little bit more like less intense than the like whole setup but yeah I was they're like I don't want to like be comatose and I'm like listen I get that way so it, like I'm not gonna put you down a road that's going to um like backtrack you you know take totally like one hit or not elevate your experience. Like if we're going to do something and you feel like you're going to get paranoid, then just don't get high. It's fine. It's totally right. cool. But right. like, I'm going to. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. And I've noticed with myself is really dependent, like, um, on what I'm doing and how I feel. Um, and sometimes like I've said this on every podcast, I found so much power in saying no. Um, yes. So oh much power in saying no. Like, especially if you're like going to events and stuff. I, I speak on this as like someone that has gone to a lot of trade shows and like, you know, people are just passing around whatever. You don't have to smoke whatever. You can ask what it is. If they don't know, then just say no, it's not a big deal. Like, people genuinely respect you if you respect yourself. <laughs> right, exactly. And um, I've said this before too. Like, it's, I'm, I'm sure that you've come across this as hard being in the industry and people knowing you're in the industry and mm-hmm. you say no and they're like, what really you're a stoner you smoke and you, you only took one hit I'm like yeah that's exactly why I'm in the industry because I know that if I take one more like it's like again I'm repeating myself but if you're out drinking and you know shots will put you on your ass you're gonna take them no <laughs> <laughs> alcohol is a little different for me I don't get as paranoid um I might get Same. a little floppy but um but I might know like you know, I know that I can't handle shots, not in like a, like I get messed up. It's like, I'll throw up because like, I hate the taste of it. And I know that that's a waste and I'm not going to take an extra hit if that's going to make me paranoid and it's going to waste, like you could have had an extra hit if you want an extra hit. No, absolutely. And also like, 
there is just this culture around like being the everyday consumer, being the everyday stoner. Like I'm a huge advocate for tolerance breaks. If I feel like I'm just not in the vibe, like I will pull myself out. Like I will force it upon myself. Cause sometimes I do use cannabis very like arbitrary. like, Oh, I'm upset about something. Okay. Take a hit and move on. Yeah. And it's like, sometimes I don't have to do that. And if I'm ever feeling in a mood, like I will force myself out of that. Like Aaron just took a fucking six month tolerance break. And I was like, girl, we're going to hang out. You're not smoking with me. Like, the fuck? <laughs> but I respected the hell out of him for just genuinely doing it. Um, because that's a really hard thing to like put yourself back in your own head. And I know cannabis can help us escape. That's like the beauty of it. But you have to like come back for some of that reflection too. Yeah. And uh, it's hard to do. It's hard to do when the culture is like, we're going to go to these events and these parties. And it's like, you hire a couple influencers and then everyone wants to smoke with them. And they just have to like dab after dab or like hit after hit. And it's like the culture and they want to make people happy. And it's just, we got to find a more constructive conversation, way. Like conversation instead of like, instead of us taking this hit together, like why don't we sit down and talk and talk about why we're in the industry and talk about why we love the plant and like respect. Hello, Katie. That sounds kind of boring. <laughs> Your well, party is lame. No, we had some shots involved. Okay. <laughs> yeah, some um infused shots. Oh, you know, I haven't tried them yet. I haven't had one yet. You haven't had any of the um have you seen those stupid CBD drinks that go around in the restaurants now? You can like add it to your drink. I just love <laughs> and they sell and they sell them for like five dollars for like a little like for like five milligrams. Oh my yeah. girl. Five milligrams of CBD is not gonna do shit for you. <laughs> Five milligrams and CBD doesn't do shit for me in general, but totally. Yeah. Um, the consistency thing is the only way that I really notice a difference, but I'm so bad about being consistent. So I'm just like, whatever. I like, I like a little bit of both. I like a little bit of, a little bit of relaxation a little, and like even a little coffee and just a little bit. Yeah. I heard your episode that went out with the coffee and cannabis thing. And I'm definitely someone that's trying to wean off my caffeine addiction into, into some teas in the afternoon, but like there is something about taking a bong rip, drinking a cup of coffee and just getting your fucking work done. Yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> like levels that like, cause if I just smoke, then I'm just like, like I'm creative, but like, I also don't want to think too hard. And then mm-hmm. if I just drink coffee, I'm like, and like my creative isn't like kind of in the back of my head because I'm like sweating and like sending out yep. mass emails that like don't fucking make sense so the combination of both kind of like for me and so levels it out yeah it brings down the anxiety that the coffee induces to like get what you need to do done right <laughs> but I also that. do that like creative like cannabis yes yeah especially if you are a creative consumer like I totally get that. There's been times where I smoke something and it puts me on my ass and I'm like, wait, no, I was supposed to be like painting for three hours. Like, what am I doing? You order like mad food. We have, uh, uh, I don't know. You probably haven't heard of this. We have GoPuff in Philadelphia. Uh, What is that? Bro. So it's, (laughs) it started out as like a hookah uh, delivery company. So they had like hookah pieces that you can get delivered to your house. And it turned out, it turned into like a old like fucking delivery service so it like went from that so then they started selling like wraps and like rolling trays and like lighters and then they get the whole online store going Mm -hmm. then they started in like a illegal state but it's all like pieces and shit then they started selling dildos and they started selling lube and now they're selling produce and now they're selling um you can get beer so literally like we'll get high here and i'm like 
I want ice cream. <laughs> but, it's like um, DoorDash kind of, right? Yeah, but like a convenience store that also yeah. has like dildos and lube and like smoothies. Oh, it's got and, everything. Yeah. <laughs> dildos yeah. delivered? That's amazing. Yeah. One time um, one time I was being a real bitch to my girlfriend. Um, this was like when we first started dating like a year ago. And um, she like just stopped texting me. She's like, well, I deserved it. I was being a real bitch. Um, I was PMSing. And then... Uh, <laughs> me and my roommate like noticed there's like a go puff bag on the outside of the building for the apartment complex and we brought it in and well she brought it in she like put it in the hallway and then she came and she's like Katie like I like peeked in the bag and it was a dildo and we were like trying to figure out who in like the apartment complex like ordered a go puff dildo we were like who the hell <laughs> like that's ballsy and like that is ballsy. I guess you like really like need it for something I find oh, out like, just peek in the bag like there's no discretion <laughs> yeah it wasn't even like wrapped up like I find out that my girlfriend got it sent uh to the apartment to basically tell me to go fuck myself <laughs> I was like, like if you're gonna if you're gonna fuck me do it right <laughs> yeah go fuck yourself for being an asshole so <laughs> oh my god actually that's kind of nice what is yeah girl? right yeah it was really sweet <laughs> um but go puff once it becomes weed becomes legal here it's over for philadelphia you have go puff and weed um no totally which is crazy because you're you're up in that neck of the woods so how is everything looking over there in new jersey jersey's good um we might we uh 90 sure we'll be opening up a dispo in jersey um me and my my partners and a couple other guys yeah so um fingers crossed uh we got like some um you know uh like county approval, but we're just gonna have to wait on state approval. Um, so looking up and as far as I, I, I hope so. I saw that like Cure Leaf was like one of the main yeah, right now it's all the big guys because like they were able to get their applications in, in right away. So like literally if you look at the maps, it's just like you know, all the big guys. Uh, but we're gonna be um my partners are from that area in Jersey. We're gonna open up. Yeah. And, um, we're going to give back to the community. We're going to, you know, really give back to minorities and like focus on all that stuff. So like the big guys are the big guys, but they're not really doing much for the community. Hope, I'm just hoping that it doesn't become the Chicago cartel stuff. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> have you been following that? No. Oh God. Just like the big corporations like Verano, Kira Leaf, the big ones in Chicago that are just kind of like running the game. There was an article that just came out like last week, actually on 420, basically calling all of these large corporations like the cartel because they're they're keeping it set a certain way because that's how they're profiting most you know, mm -hmm. working with the government. So it it is a little bit of a conspiracy, but also there's just a lot of truth to it. That's how these big companies work right now. It's like when you have money, you have money and that's just unfortunate. Um, you have money you make more money it's just pay to play yeah totally yeah hopefully i mean you know they're giving out like minority licenses and shit which i think is bullshit because there's like a cap on it but whatever um yeah that didn't work in in any other state right <laughs> just please oh, um, let them try <laughs> please uh but i mean as far as jersey goes i is looking up i've heard some things about like consumption lounges and things like that which is pretty awesome um philly I hope like we're right behind Jersey because it's like literally like right over there. Um, yeah, but, once you start, it's hard to stop. Yeah. It just and, leaks and out. Philly's a little greedy. So I'm sure we're going to be like, wait a second. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. 
Um, we're right next to Idaho. So we have like that little sliver of Idaho between Washington and Montana. That's just like, it's a hot spot for, there you go. Like, you're always there. Watch out. Well, yeah, that's, um, so we, it's interesting because, um, I don't know if you've been following this either, but like, obviously the state can approve, but like a County can say no. So yeah, we have 29 counties in Montana that said no. <laughs> Oh my God. So yeah, that, that's kind of like a benefit that we're seeing once we do open up the dispose, like, okay, we're going to be in like the center of a main strip, um, between and like a main County mm-hmm, and between gotcha. Atlantic city and Philly. So when you're coming, when you go to Atlantic city to go to the beach, you're going to pass the dispensary. You're going to grab your weed. You're going to smoke at the beach or do what have you. Um, and then you're going to come back to Philly and hopefully pick up some more on the way um and then oh yeah we're smack in the middle of all the the big guys so hopefully you know um we will get you can beat them beat them out a little bit fingers crossed I really I really hope so I really want to be involved in the dispensary life um because you know like I I do marketing for other brands and companies um we barely get to do marketing for ourselves because we're so involved with everybody else um so doing marketing for a dispo is um, super exciting. And, um, you know, I'm hoping to, um, really get involved with content creation. Cause that's like my baby. Um, like I, I edited videos and did videos in high school of me and my friends, um, and in college and kind of like slowed down once I, you know, started up puff. Um, but with doobie gay and reels and TikToks, I'm trying to like get my foot back in the door. Cause it makes me happy. And I like having conversations. I like making people laugh. I like really- creating content is fun. That's why we started doing it. I know. I feel like there's such a judgment on it now, though, which is really frustrating because like everybody's quotation. Listen, I blame Gary Vee. He came <laughs> yeah. on the internet and was like, everyone gets a chance and that's totally fine. But yeah, there are, it's hard. It's very saturated. Yeah. I'm glad everybody's doing it, but I think that the authenticity behind it is kind of like being. It's lackluster at this point yeah which is frustrating but I I don't think anybody should be um should steer away from it because of that I think that it should push us to do do it more and if you know if I I can make one person laugh or educate one person like at the end of the day that's all I want Um, yeah I've been trying to have that mentality more too that's the mentality I always had and then you try to you start shifting or you take on these roles and responsibilities and all of a sudden you feel like you can't have a personality where there has to be like a filter on social media. I hate that. I've, I've done that to myself. Like, I feel like I filter out a version of myself that I know will, I don't know, even with just like posting the Canada for climate stuff, it's like, obviously I get less engagement, but it's like the second I post a thirst trap, it's like, everyone's all over yeah. it. So it's, I don't want to post thirst traps, but I also want to post thirst traps. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's a little bit of everything. And I think like, I've censored myself. I've taken down stuff. Um, and then honestly, I feel worse when I take it down. Cause I'm like, why, like, why do why I, did I take it? it down? Right. Right. Um, so I'm trying to do less of that. I'm just trying to like create post content. and run, post and run. That's what yeah, I'm post and sign out, post and hide. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a different world, just like cannabis, um, marketing, the whole community, the whole industry. Um, but people like you, um, you know, brands like WeTube is, I really think, um, you know, changing it for the better. And I re- really appreciate everything you're doing and the conversation that 
we get to have and continue to have. Um, and I'm really glad that we connected. I don't even know how we connected. I think we just ended up following each other. I think I was going to say, I think honestly, I genuinely think I was reaching out to companies and you guys were marketing for them. And I was like, oh. y'all should make some commercials for companies and whatever. Right, right. Um, and I think I just slowly started poaching you guys. I was like, y'all should be on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> I think you got, I think you won one of my posters too, right? I do. I do have a Last Prisoner Project poster that I, I have up in my um, bedroom. Amazing. I love that. Um, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So thank you. So but no, much. it's not, it's not easy work. So I can like seriously applaud you for doing it too. Um, especially in the marketing sphere, there's so many other things to focus on and I totally get that. And there's people out there doing that. Um, there's a lot to talk about with the plant, but we're all people. We all have feelings and there are a lot of really unique, amazing people in our community and we just yeah we need a better place to come together so we too does have a category for that kind of content but we need other places online you know and we need yeah we just need more education we, us, we need to be able to share weTube on other shit too I think. totally that's <laughs> huge I mean hopefully Twitter now no I mean people yeah. have always been able to share their links on Twitter Instagram we've run into so many issues with people have had their pages deleted for sharing links on YouTube you have to like only link through your comments like it's just so nitty-gritty and specific and it really sucks as a content creator when you have to like jump through all these hoops so I don't know there's got to be some there's got to be a better way <laughs> I'm sure we'll get there and I think with time and connection and networking and talking about it you know like try me Instagram take down this fucking episode I'll repost it somehow like uh at the end of the day we just got to keep pushing sign this motherfucking petition y'all <laughs> yeah sign the petition i'm going to talk about it um sign the petition that we too pass out to hold instagram and social media platforms accountable for treating us like shit because totally um, we're and open. you can definitely jump into that a lot with aaron but it means a lot to him like he's at a loss you know we're connected with everyone in the cannabis community People know about us. There's a million other apps. Other people are coming out with their own. It's just like at a certain point, it's either going to be competitive or it's going to be communal. And it's just like, we're going to be on that communal side. So Same come join us when you're ready. <laughs> yeah. Everybody who's listening, I'm going to be talking to Aaron um, soon and we'll have an episode with him just to go over his experience um, with WeTube and with uh, Ariana as well. So yeah, I really appreciate you guys connecting with us. I, I hope to you know, work together um, in the future and currently and, um, you know, continue to make a push for change and breaking stigmas and uh, absolutely. We will always stay connected and also feel free to reach out you guys, if you're looking for a community, you know, we're here and I'm happy to chit chat with you. It's literally one of my favorite things that I've been able to do through the site is just meet incredible people and really smart innovators and entrepreneurs and content creators in this field. And I just get to talk to them and learn a little bit about them. And that's the best. So hit me up. Amazing. I'll um, make sure to like include all your links uh, within this episode so people can reach out to you. Um, and same here, uh, both our DMs are open, uh, but make sure to also check out WeTube and watch some videos and educate yourself and uh, get to know Ariana and her channel and everybody that's on there because that's super important too. Yeah, please do. I've done some pretty ignorant things on my YouTube channel in the past, so you can still find them there. They're very cringy, but I'll leave them. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> we 
we love a little cringe. <laughs> it shows gross. Absolutely. My first video was a hundred hits challenge and I do not recommend that to literally anyone. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. No, never in my life. I will never do that. Good. Don't, don't, that. <laughs> don't do it. It was like some sort of weird, like christening thing. I think I needed to do, but once I got over it, I was like, wow, that was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'll have to like splice a part of that in, in this podcast as well. Oh my God, please don't. <laughs> um, no, I really appreciate it. Katie, thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon.